0: Good morning. Welcome to First Unitarian Universalist Church of Austin. My name is Eric Hepburn, and I am your lay leader today. We are an intentionally inclusive congregation, and we welcome persons of all religious, ethnic, and racial origins, sexual orientations, political
1: convictions, abilities, and other circumstances. Now, if you would be so kind... As to join me in a unison reading
0: of our mission statement, we gather in community
1: to nourish souls, transform lives, and do justice. Here we are.
0: I want to tell you how happy, delighted Kaya and I are to be here in Austin, finally. All summer long at Unitarian Universalist summer camps and at General Assembly, we have heard nothing but oh, what a great fit for you and for First Austin. We're so pleased for all of you. That's everybody in the country saying that, y'all. So (laughs) somehow we've all got a reputation, I'm not sure. There's an Israeli proverb that says, (laughs) kolchat halim kashim. Don't you think that's true?
1: (laughs) All beginnings
0: are hard, it means. The Russians have a proverb that says, the first pancake is always a flop. (laughs) Why would people say that? I have an idea about it, and uh, the idea has to do with what I've called the Demolition Twins. I think the Demolition Twins are present in a special way at the beginning of something. They can crash around doing damage if you don't keep an eye on them. The first one is named Fear, and the second one is named Anxiety. These are the Demolition Twins. It would be nice if we could just serve them their eviction papers and get them out of here altogether, but they do serve a purpose of some kind, sometimes, and so the reality of it is they're always around, and uh, it is my philosophy to fall in love with the way things are, so here we are, the demolition twins are always around, what do we do? I'm going to talk about how they affect us and how to keep an eye on them at at work or in our families or at church. I know that in the last couple of years you all have heard a lot about family systems. And so I'm going to be telling you things you already know, which sometimes for unitarians is relaxing. One of the very first family therapists ever was named Virginia Satir, and she said that the family system, which is a system like the system at your workplace or the system in your house or the system at church, the family system is like a delicately balanced mobile that spins and dances in every emotional breeze, and when one little part of it is tugged on or affected in some way, the whole thing moves. You've seen mobiles do that. And what the physics of it is, including in the emotional uh, land, every part of it seeks stasis again. Every part of it is trying to get back in balance again. That's the job of the system, is to get back in balance again. And so... Businesses, volunteer groups, families, churches, you know, when you say, oh, our church family, our church family, everybody kind of goes, oh, the church is just like a family. Hmm. But, you know, <laughs> the church is just like a family. <laughs> a little bit different when you dive into that truth level. And so the system gets upset by leavings and arrivals and births and deaths and even good things cause the mobile to start spinning, and then it seeks to rebalance. And the people try to rebalance things, which sounds in the talking world like, let's just get back to normal, or let's just move forward, seeking to get back to normal, to rebalance things. Um... The way that we do that is by uh, going back to our familiar go-to role that we learn in the family, usually. Your familiar go-to role. Um, Some people in every workplace or congregation were the family hero. And that kid was the one who, who carried the responsibility for the family, carried the expectations of the family on his or her shoulders, the one who was expected to do well, um, the golden child, the star. And if you can't think of who that was in your family, it was you.
1: <laughs> You're all like, well, I don't
0: think our family had one of those. <laughs> yeah. Other people were the scapegoat in their family, okay? If something broke, you were the first one upon whom suspicion fell. If there was a big ruckus in the basement playroom with yelling and screaming and crying, yours was the name the parents yelled. (laughs) I know a person whose brother Steve was the family scapegoat. And they even had a saying in their family, if something was broken, they would say, oh, that table got (laughs) steved. As adults, the family scapegoat, it's very easy to convince them that everything is their fault. They have this vague sense that it's all because of something they did wrong. And sometimes they will even do something to mess things up if they're going too well. That's one of the family scapegoat things. We choose, there are lots of other roles, but that's not what the sermon is about. That'll be another day. So we choose from a number of possible ways of being when the mobile starts to spin, when when change is in the air, when um, the anxiety of the situation is rising. Some of us uh, tend to take responsibility for the whole emotional health of a congregation. Others take responsibility for the systems of a congregation, try to get everything so that it's working exactly, exactly right. And other people want to focus on the fairness and justice in the situation. Is everything fair? Because if everything's fair, then it's going to be all right. And other people uh, spend their time analyzing the systems of the congregation and pointing out what's wrong. It's a thankless job,
1: <laughs>
0: and yet you got to be grateful for those people because when they point out what's wrong, a lot of times they're right. So they're the systems analysts, and um, we all get these things from the family we grew up in. We're also influenced by our families, by the way, it, uh, in the way that we tend to handle um, conflict. The, ten, the way we tend to handle being glad or being sad or being mad. The way we handle money. The way we handle affection or friendship or tradition. And so, and those are all uh, sermons for another time. But, so if you can picture when the mobile starts dancing, everyone steps right into their familiar role and they become themselves only more so. Only just a little more so. So the family heroes, when everything starts changing, they go, "How can we fix this? What are we supposed to do next? Let's let's get forward with this." And the family scapegoats and the other uh, sometimes some of the other people stick around, and some of the other people go, I- "I'm out of here. I'm coming back when it settles down again." And there's nothing bad about either one. It's just the way we're wired. In any system, there are two major currents running through the system, and the first one is uh, positive and adds solidity and growth to the system, and the second one is negative and makes the system brittle and jumpy. One gives, one takes away. The one that gives is presence, and I don't mean the kind you unwrap, even though those are lovely too, but um, presence, being there, just being present. The second one is fear and anxiety. Two currents, presence and fear and anxiety, and there they are, the demolition twins. So if you want the system to be healthy and grow, you maintain presence. Presence. That's the opposite of, I'm out of here, although that's how some people are, it's fine. People tell themselves, I've got enough anxiety to deal with in my house, in my work, I don't need it at church too. And for them, that's true. They've got enough to deal with. But what they may not know is, it's all the same, and if you learn how to deal with it at church... You can deal with it better in your work or in your family, and church is actually a better place to learn to deal with it, Um, not because everybody's lovely at church, even though y'all are, Um, (laughs) is because you don't live with them. You don't live with the people at church, and so it's better to practice on people who aren't actually um, in your family. Anxiety is like the poison gas of any system. It just flows in silent and unsmellable (laughs) and toxifies everything. Some people are, are real good at... Um, working through the anxiety, you know, yes, I'm anxious, and I'm here anyway, and other people, um, they're like, I don't know how many of you are old enough to remember the Peanuts cartoon, but um, there was this guy named Pen on the Peanuts cartoon, and he was always drawn with this crack, a cloud of dust around him, and some people are just like anxiety carriers, like that. <laughs> And, you know, you can be at coffee hour, you can be in a committee meeting, everybody's copacetic, everybody's doing fine, and um, suddenly this person comes in and just whispers to one or two people, and then everybody's hysterical. And, and the way they handle anxiety is that they like to make everybody else as anxious as they are, and then they go, okay, now you finally get it. now you get it. Now, I'm, now I'm my soul is satisfied. Everybody else is as scared and anxious as I. So, um, when everything starts changing, and you guys have been on a pretty steady diet of change, when everything starts changing, people um, do their familiar things. And here's another way to look at it. This is uh, um, this has the benefit of alliteration, which I don't normally do, but um, there are the people who fade and the people who flutter and the people who fix. So the faders are the ones who go, I, it's anxious, so I'm backing away. I'm backing away from the situation. I'll be back later. And the flutterers are the ones who go, oh, my goodness, I don't know what to do. Let's just do something. Which, <laughs> As my um, therapy trainer, my mentor, used to say, Meg, don't just do something. Stand there. And some people like to fix, like to fix things. I'm one of those. I'm the family hero. I'm the firstborn. I'm the Virgo, raised Presbyterian, firstborn, rule-following. I can say that with a straight face. And fixer person. So I understand that. That's the way I make the tension go away. I go, okay, what can we do? What do we do about this? Edwin Friedman was a rabbi who wrote a book called Generation to Generation, and the book was all about this, all about how people take their familiar family roles to work and to church. And here's what he said about what to do about the demolition twins. Okay, I told you I was a fixer. Here I go doing it. I'm not even trying to resist the temptation. Here's what you do about it. Number one, he says... You work with the people in the system who are the healthiest, who have the most goodwill, the most sanity, the most presence, the most capacity for insight. Work with those people and the whole system calms right down. So you work with the healthiest people. You too, you maintain what Edwin Friedman called a non anxious presence. You've heard that over and over again, I'm sure. A non-anxious presence, that means stay there, but don't stay there going, (laughs) stay there, just stand there and breathe and listen, hold your principles in your heart and have goodwill. You just stand there and you be a non-anxious presence and you go, I'm sure we'll figure this out. Number three, you define yourself. You say, I am this and I am not that. You guys have worked on that. You defined yourself. Here's what we're here for. We gather in community to nourish souls, transform lives, and do justice. I'm going to be pointing to that a lot. I love what you all did. This is what we're here for. One of the advantages of self-definition is that it calms you down. And the other is that it tells you what you're not here for. And a church that is here to nourish souls, transform lives, and do justice is also saying we're not a place where you can come get um, deep therapy or we can come lean on people so hard that you make them stagger on their own A healthy church is not a playground where powerheads and manipulators can have their fun and play the I bet you can't please me game, which is very fun for many people. I like to play it myself every now and then, but church is not the place to do it. And that's what you're saying. You're saying, this is what we're here for, and this is what we're going to focus on. We're not going to get distracted. And I have heard through the grapevine that you guys don't have any of those kind of people, the powerheads, the manipulators. You don't have any, so that was a relief. (laughs) The only UU church in the world. (laughs) And you've been working hard on self-definition. You've been working hard to be a healthy congregation. And you've talked a lot about what this church wants to be and how you want to get there. And we'll keep coming back to the basics. And we'll talk about lots and lots of things. And it'll be fun, you'll see. It's going to be all right. So what does non-anxious presence mean? means staying in touch with the people, keeping your mission, goals, vision firmly in mind, looking clearly at the strengths And the problems, without letting yourself get swept up into a frenzy of worry. If you see me doing that, just go, Meg, non-anxious presence. And I'll go, what? Oh, okay. We're going to get big chances to practice this, this upcoming month. You guys have set yourself some challenges. Sunday after Labor Day, what you voted to do was change everything. I know, Sunday after Labor Day, let's just change everything. (laughs) Let's have different service times, and let's move the Public Affairs Forum to 1145. The forum, for those of you who are visitors, is a learning opportunity, a lecture series that has very well-known speakers. It's going to be 1145 in this room, Sunday after Labor Day, and all the Sundays after that, that, almost all the Sundays after that, right? They let you know in, in advance when it's not going to be here, so you don't feel like a fool sitting around going, gosh, hope I'm not the lecturer this Sunday. <laughs> so these are big changes. Oh, and, uh, and there's a new minister.
1: <laughs> we'll see how that works out. Remember the way of the wind And breathe and blow.
0: Remember the way of the fire And sparkle and glitter and glow Remember the way of the water And ebb and flow Remember the way of the earth
1: and grow. Go in peace. This is a presentation of the First Unitarian Universalist Church of Austin. For more information, visit our website at www.austinuu.org.